With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the best of the Ben Maller Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight from 2 to 6 Eastern, 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And to find your local station for the Ben Maller Show at foxsportsradio.com, you can find it there. Or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of the Ben Maller Show on Fox Sports Radio. It is a mind trick. No, it really is. You've been hornswoggled. Welcome in the beginning of another edition of the Ben Maller Show. We are together in the air everywhere as we talk from go to woe, coast to coast, border to border and beyond on the vast. And astronomically powerful microphones of FSR emanating live from the griddle flipping burgers here all night long in the Fox Sports Radio studios at a secret location somewhere in the Northwoods. I hope all is going well for you. It can't be that bad. You're listening to a sports talk radio show when most people are sleeping. So our lead this hour coming from the conspiracy theory department and uh, this relates to a previous episode of the show, previous episode of the show, but it uh, It continues here, the autopsy of Super Bowl 56. Now, uh, there's this uproar, hullabaloo, if you like better, uh, directed at the officials for one play in particular. There's actually a couple of plays, but one in particular, which many people believe is the personification 
of what was wrong in the big game where the Rams won. And so since I have made my feelings known that I have some allegiances to the Rams, as a result, a number of, I don't even think these are Bengal fans, to be honest with you. I think these are just people that just don't like the Rams and just want to bust my balls. Uh, but they've been sending me these emails, and many of the emails are the same. We had a call about this in a previous episode, so I think you know which play I'm talking about here, but maybe not. I'll give you the Cliff Notes version. So go back to Super Bowl. You were probably eating a lot of food, drinking a lot. Uh, you were barely paying attention to the game. But it was the fourth down and one play with about 40-some-odd seconds to go in the game. The Bengals had the ball down by three at the Ram 49-yard line. So they're they're close to field goal range, but they're not quite. They obviously have to convert the, four, the first down to get more plays to get into field goal range. So they, they run the play. The ball goes to Burrow on the snap, and he ends up getting sacked by Aaron Donald. So that's game, set, match, win for the Rams as the Bengals turned the ball over on downs. So Cincinnati, because of that, gave the Rams the Lombardi Trophy. Now, people went back, and they went frame by frame, and, and many believe and are convinced that Aaron Donald was lined up offsides on that play. And he was illegally in position to make uh, the play because he was a little bit ahead of where he needed to be. And if you listen to yesterday's show, you heard a rather memorable call from Jim from Ohio. From I believe he was in the Cincinnati area. He says he's not a conspiracy theory guy and then proceeded to be a conspiracy theory guy. And I'm not against, I want to be very clear, I'm not against a good conspiracy theory. Uh, I believe many great conspiracy theories in sports. I believe Michael Jordan was suspended by the NBA for gambling and played in Birmingham, Alabama, minor league baseball, till the suspension was up and then came back and played with the Chicago Bulls. I buy that. I buy the New York Knickerbockers were given the number one pick for Patrick Ewing. There was a frozen envelope that was used. Believe that one. I believe that the lights went out at Camden Yards when Cal Ripken was on his way to setting the all-time games played record, and there was an incident, shall we say, and they shut the power off just in the neighborhood around Camden Yards. I believe that. These are all conspiracy theories I completely buy. On this one, it's bullcrap. So I went back and I watched the final play over and over again, and it was clear as a sunny day, a clear sunny day, that Aaron Donald was not offsides on that last play of the game. So let us discuss the question. So if I went back and looked and saw that Donald wasn't offsides, the question is why are so many people 100% certain that Aaron Donald the Rams was given a break by the referees because the refs wanted the Rams to win, he was offsides. So I've got Echo Chamber, Gas Company, and Mark Twain, and we will combine all of these things together, and that will be the foundation of this Maller monologue. So, number one. The Aaron Donald offside story has taken on a life of its own. It is a byproduct of the Matrix. Take the red pill or take the blue pill. Another example here of the social experiment that is social media. And you and I are the human subjects in this social experiment. And many people don't even realize what's going on. This Aaron Donald play is a classical example. So what happened here is several blue check marks sent out 
tweets to make it appear that Donald was offsides in some photographs. So they sounded alarm bells. And then what happened was that got bounced around the echo chamber. Did you see this? And it was, oh, I got to send you this. And it became a game of telephone. If you ever played the game of telephone before, uh, you know that people share things and then they add things to it and everything gets twisted around and all that. The floodgates opened up, if you will. And this story kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, kind of like your gut eating all the food over Super Bowl weekend. So the second point here, the Aaron Donald's offside conspiracy is a cautionary tale. Call the gas company. I'm going to tell you why. Because this is an example that you are being deliberately and systematically being fed false information. This is known as gaslighting. In politics, they call it gaslighting. But it's involved on social media. All right. So what, what is my proof that this was bogus, this conspiracy theory? So the clip in question, the photographs in question on the Aaron Donald fourth down and one play were great. They were great evidence. They were from a weird angle. And more importantly, they were from the first quarter of the game. Aaron Donald's hands and feet were behind the line of scrimmage. It did appear that his helmet was in the neutral zone. But even that was a bit of an optical illusion. It doesn't doesn't matter either way. Again, the key part of this, that particular play, which got bounced all over the place and reshared and gas bags and blowhards, said, oh, my God, I'm going to have a coronary. I can't believe that happened. Hotly debated, right? It was not the final fateful play. For Cincinnati in the fourth quarter, you were fooled. You were. You were led astray. That was not the play that sealed the game. And, uh, again, it was fourth and one, but it was from the fourth quarter. So it's an apples and oranges situation. You got gaslit, and you don't even realize it. Now, final point. The moral of this story is that many people want, want, to believe that Aaron Donald on that play is proof of a deep state conspiracy, which is absurd. The NFL looking out for the big market Rams over the small market Bengals, it plays out of a Hollywood script, right? Oh, here a big brother interfering and, and kicking the little guy in the nuts, and they get screwed. That's a sexier story. That's a better story than the reality that L.A. was simply the better team. The Bengals crumbled in crunch time. It wasn't Joe Burrow that had the dramatic moment. It was supposed to be. Everything was set up for Joe Burrow to take over the NFL. Uh, everything. And we, with the lead up to the game, we talked about all the stories that we were hearing from Madison Avenue, how excited they were about Burrow this, Burrow that, blah, 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 blah. But it was Matthew Stafford who had the dramatic Game winning run. That drive, he orchestrated a 15-play, 79-yard drive in four minutes and 48 seconds, meticulously taking the ball down the field. And the Rams, as a result, got a big bag of gold bullion. And yet, people are still clinging to the notion the fix was in. Yeah, Uh Eli Apple, let's go back. We're talking about the Aaron Donald play, but Eli Apple was atrocious on uh, several, several plays that were clear and obvious. You, you typically only get clear and obvious penalties in the Super Bowl. 
And if it's if it's a 50-50 call, they normally don't give you those calls. For example, the Bengals were given a 75-yard touchdown when to me it was clear and obvious that Jalen Ramsey could have been paralyzed from his head being spun around. It was insane from T. Higgins, but they gave the Bengals a touchdown. And so now we're getting sour grapes. Nobody was complaining in Cincinnati about that play. Right? So this this whole thing proves one of the great Mark Twain quotes of all time is that. My dad was a big Mark Twain fan. And one of the quotes attributed to Mark Twain, I wasn't there when he said it, so I don't know if he actually said it or not or wrote it. But the quote from Twain was, it's easier to fool the masses than it is to convince them that they are being fooled. And here's an example, right? People see some photos from Aaron Donald. They say, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Oh, and they start pearl clutching and all that. And then it bounces around. People add on to the story. It becomes bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and all that. Then ultimately what happens in the end is you have a bunch of people sending uh, idiots like myself messages telling me that it was all a fix. It was all a ruse and all that stuff. And they're the ones that the joke's being played on, and they don't even realize. And this goes back to something I read years ago, that the, the number of Americans that will believe anything, literally anything, is about 20%. It's, it's 20%. One out of five, two out of ten of our brothers and sisters, our neighbors, people around us, maybe it's even you, but 20% will believe anything. Right? That Elvis is working at the... McDonald's drive-thru outside Memphis right now. He's still alive. He's really old, but he's still alive. And uh, Bigfoot, Bigfoot will be drafted this year in the draft by the Tennessee Titans. That is going to happen. And uh, aliens are actually uh, out there. I do, I do think there's aliens. I believe, I'm in the 20% that believe there are aliens out there. I do buy that. Uh, but that they're running the show around the way so be sure to catch live editions of the ben maller show weekdays at 2 a.m eastern 11 p.m pacific on fox sports radio and the iHeartRadio app the big take from bloomberg news brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world western nations like the u.s and europe mexico will likely have its first female president and then you have china and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. 
I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is all about the numbers. It's all about the numbers. Welcome in the beginning of another hour. It's the Ben Maller Show. We are side by side in the air everywhere as we are just a bunch of drugstore cowboys here. Coast to coast, border to border and beyond on the vast and Herculeanly powerful microphones of F. SR emanating live from the wagon as we climb on the band wag un at the Fox Sports Radio studios at a secret location somewhere deep in the Northwoods. Hope all is going okay for you. So the lead this hour coming from the report card, the grading book. And again, more fallout. I'm going to milk this Super Bowl as long as I can because I know we're heading into the silly season of the NFL soon enough. So we've still got stories. It's got legs. It's got some currency. Super Bowl, uh, the Rams winning over the Bengals. So the final numbers are in on Super Bowl 56. The numbers are in. And what do the numbers say? What do the numbers tell us? Well, depends how you spin them. Uh, Rams beating the Bengals, and what about the almighty, all-knowing, all-powerful, 
TV rate. So if you didn't see this, the word is, and perhaps you missed it, the word is the game was watched by over 112 million viewers across all platforms, not just the old school terrestrial television, but uh, streaming and all, all of this. They include NBC Telemundo and the streaming services. So that's up 14% year to year. It's said to be the second most viewed Super Bowl of all time. It's a humongous number. Now, that is not the story. The, the overall number is not the story that's gotten a lot of attention. The big story is the local ratings on the Peacock uh, over there at NBC. And according to the local ratings, the number one market for the Super Bowl was Cincinnati. Number one with a 46.1 rating. If you work in television, that's a big deal. The number two market, you say, well, it's probably Los Angeles, right? It's got to be L.A. Cincinnati was number one. L.A. would be number two. No, that's incorrect. Wrong again. The number two market for the Super Bowl 56 extravaganza between the Rams and the Bengals was Detroit, Michigan. The Motor City was number two. Just a hair, just a whisper. Wow. Wow. Wow, bro. Just a whisker behind Cincinnati with a 45.9 rating. So uh, how did L.A. do? They were third, right? No. Uh, They were fourth, maybe. Uh, No. Uh, Los Angeles was not in the top ten for local Super Bowl ratings. Oh, my God, no! Well, this story has taken a life of its own. It is being bounced all over the sporting world with pundits chiming in, giggling and pointing their finger like they're kids on a playground. I told you the NFL would never work in Los Angeles. So let us discuss the question. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Should the NFL be worried? concerned that the Rams slash Los Angeles market could not crack the top 10 in terms of local ratings for the Super Bowl. So in level, you know, in terms of should the NFL be concerned, uh, it's a thumbs down, two thumbs down on this. I'm going two thumbs down. I've got my views. You've got flyover, inflatable swimming pool, and Alice and Wonderland. And we'll connect all of this together, and we are going to make an overpriced hat. Hat that costs about you know, five bucks to make, we'll charge fifty bucks for it because that's the NFL way. So first of all, while the ratings are a wellness check, and I bring this up from time to time, I work in radio. We get graded on this show with how we're doing. We get a wellness check in radio. I don't work in television. I don't work in that world. But in the sporting world, since let's be honest here, these leagues, we learned this lesson a couple years ago, back in twenty twenty. We're we don't matter going to games. People that go to games don't matter. The leagues can play their games without a single person buying a ticket. They did in 2020, most places. Nobody bought a ticket, and they had the games in most places, at least part of the year, if not all, in several cities. So the fans that go to games don't matter. It's all about the people that watch the games on television because this is television programming. It is a sitcom. It is a soap opera that plays out, and they are graded based on how many people, how many eyeballs they get. So it's important for the NFL. There's no reason, though, to panic at the disco when it comes to Los Angeles and the local ratings. This story is the epitome 
of fake news, okay? It's media manipulation is what it is, trying to create a narrative that fits your agenda. What's the, oh, my God, story, the record scratch story? Well, the fact that L.A. couldn't finish in the top 10, that's the story. But it's people that don't understand how the business works. And they're they're just trying to get a get a big sexy headline and get some clout on social media with other idiots that don't understand how it works either, and it gets bounced all over the place. The cities that dominated local ratings for the big game are all similar in size and weather. All right, the NFL dominates in winter wonderlands. Cincinnati, Detroit, the third highest ratings for the Super Bowl were Pittsburgh, PA, home of the Steelers, Columbus, Ohio was also on the list. Uh, They were there. Kansas City, those were the top five in the ratings. But wait, what about six and seven? That would be Milwaukee and Cleveland. And this has been a similar pattern for years. And as much as the elitists that live on the East Coast and the West Coast hate this, flyover country is a ratings bonanza. That's a ratings bonanza for the for the National Football League. And, and as for Detroit, I do have to tip the cap to our friends listening in the great state of Michigan and in, in Detroit in particular because I, I, here's how I relate to this story. I relate a little bit. As a long-suffering Clipper fan back in the dark ages, I was always appreciative of when a player that was on the Clippers would go on to another team and play in the NBA Finals and have success. It was a feather in the cap. It was like, well, see, the, the team sucks, but there were some good players. For example, back in the old days, there was a guy named Ron Harper. You probably don't remember that guy if you're of a certain age. But if you're over a certain age, that means you're old, and you remember Ron Harper. He played for the Clippers, had the nickname Hollywood Harper. And he was a good player. Not a great player. He was a good player. And then he left, and he was part of the Chicago Bulls and some of those great Michael Jordan teams. I think the second half of the Bulls run, Ron Harper was a part of that, and he also played with the Lakers. Uh, after that, but I was got a I got a kick out of seeing Ron Harper. People said, "Oh, he's a loser because he plays for the Clippers." And you know, same nonsense that you know, dumb people say today about they said about Matthew Stafford. And Ron Harper proved uh, people wrong there. But it is a great testimonial that even though the only time the Lions are relevant, two times a year, NFL draft and also the Thanksgiving Day festivities there for the Honolulu Blue. But there are a lot of people that really appreciate the Lions, and the NFL, even though the team sucks. And they they respect the fact that Matthew Stafford, who had been lionized, was able to go to detox in L.A. A lot of people go to L.A. to go to detox and go through uh, you know rehab and all that stuff, and he, he goes out and wins a ring. Now, secondly, there are many a Midwestern city flexing their, their muscles right now and saying, hey, look at us. Uh, So L.A. doesn't care about the NFL, and the Midwest just proved it, which is, to be honest, laughable. The idea that these Mama Lukes continue to promote that the NFL has flopped. It's an abject failure in the Los Angeles market because they didn't finish in the top 10 in local ratings is absurd. right? And don't take my word for it. Take the word of other people that are much smarter than me. right? Don't be an easy mark. Don't be a rube and fall for the the nonsense, which is out there. It's a way of you telling me that you're a country bumpkin without telling me that you're a country bumpkin. Of the biggest media markets, there were only two that showed up in the top 10, and they both have something in common. Nasty weather in the Northeast. I'm talking about Boston 
which was number 10, the Boston market, uh, number 10 there, and Philadelphia, which was number four. So that means if you want to spin the story, here's how media manipulation works. If I wanted to write a column, if that was my gig, I could do a column and say the NFL is dying. It is dying in major Major American cities, no one's watching the NFL. The NFL's in trouble. That's what they do about baseball. That's the, that's the column that gets written by your hack local columnist about baseball. You can do the same thing about the NFL. New York City, not in the top ten. Does that mean the Giants and Jets aren't popular? Los Angeles, not in the top ten. Chicago did not crack the top ten. Dallas, oh my God, what's wrong with the Cowboys? Dallas was not in the top ten Super Bowl markets. San Francisco, Problems for the Niners, Atlanta, Houston, Washington, D.C., all top 10 markets. None of them were in the top 10 local TV ratings. And, and the lesson here, the NFL does, you know, doesn't play in major metropolis. That's, of course that's wrong. Of course that's wrong. But if you have that as your agenda, you could write that story. Let me explain this to you like you are in kindergarten in terms of L.A. in particular. Comparing L.A. to Cincinnati, it's like comparing the mighty Pacific Ocean which goes on seemingly forever, and, and comparing that to your inflatable swimming pool, the bigger the ocean, the more watered down the numbers get. There are 12.4 million people that live in Los Angeles metro. 12.4 million. Cincinnati has a population of 309,000. So it's a, a whole different animal. Now, final thought. There are a lot of opportunists who are suffering now on this story. They're suffering from what we call Alice in Wonderland syndrome. Objects may be larger than they appear. They could be smaller than they appear. So the story here, again, Los Angeles, not a top 10 rated city for the Super Bowl. But now, as the late, great broadcaster Paul Harvey would say back in the day, now for the rest of the story. Did you know that Los Angeles actually dominated the Super Bowl ratings despite not being in the top 10 because they have so many people that live in L.A.? Is it true? that Los Angeles had almost five times as many people watching the Super Bowl as Cincinnati did, which was tops among the local ratings. I'm shaking my head. Yes, to rephrase that, Cincinnati won the local rating but lost the overall war. From what we are being told, 2.1 million television households in Los Angeles watched the game. 2.1 million. That is insane to the membrane. For a big market city to have that many people watching, no other television market came close. So for those of you saying the NFL's dying in L.A. and the, the Rams should move somewhere else, uh, capiche? Uh, you're wrong. Now, for perspective, if every man, woman, and child watched the Super Bowl in Cincinnati and L.A., you know, they did their thing, they, they would still have, L.A. would have still had six times the number of, of households uh, watching the game. The bigger story here is that, yet again, we all think in our little bubble, our little sports radio bubble, that this is the most important thing of the year. It's a cultural event, the Super Bowl. They had 112 million people watching, which is a great thing. You know how many people live in America, give or take? The last estimate I saw was 332.5 million people in the United States. So 112 million were watching, which is a lot of people. Uh, there's 7.8 billion people that live in the world. I don't know how many people outside of America are watching. I know we have some expats in 
England and in the UK there and in Australia. We have actually people that grew up in Australia, New Zealand, like this show that like, for whatever reason, like American sport. But uh, that means that 33.7% of America was watching the Super Bowl based on total number of viewers on all different platforms. That leaves 66% of the population that was doing something else. That was doing something else. Now, as for the Ram fan base, I continue to be the one screaming into these microphones late at night, pointing out, for those of you who are very concerned, uh, there, there are no Ram fans. They, the Rams do have a, a large group of fans. We'll see that. There will be a big parade later today for the Rams. But the Rams are not going to see the long-term benefits of this. It's not going to cultivate. It's like a farmer planting a seed, but then you have to wait till 2047 to find out what the seed did. That's really what we're talking about. Because here in 2022, it takes 25 years. It's a generational thing. Generational thing to see the results because it's the kids right now, the little snot-nosed punks right now who are going to grow up, we'll all be either really old or dead, and then these kids will be the grown-ups of tomorrow, and that's the next generation. So, And it's a battle. It's a battle royale. And sports, I will agree, are not in general as popular as they were when, when if you were around my age when, when we were growing up because we didn't have really cool video games. We had video games, but they were archaic. And we had things we had to do, like go to, go to, you know, to, the, to the mall to go to the arcade. Now the, you have your, your phone, you're set up and all that stuff. But it doesn't mean it's not popular. It's just not as popular. So it is a challenge in the end. But it's not my problem. I don't work for the NFL. I don't work for Major League Baseball. I don't work for the NBA or the NHL. They're the ones that have to figure it out. That's why they get paid buco bucks. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Ben, host of the Fifth Hour with Ben Maller, along with my trusty sidekick, David Gascon. Would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is the Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of the Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Maller. How about that? To the third degree. This is when Big Ben gets grilled. Kubaloo. So we have ourselves some good old-fashioned conflicting reports, Ben. Uh, We heard that the Colts are likely, we first heard that the Colts are likely to release Carson Wentz. Uh, Then another report comes out that says the Colts haven't made a firm decision yet and won't rule out bringing back Wentz for 2022. Ben, is Carson Wentz a Colt next year? No, God, no. Jim Ursay has had enough. Carson Wentz is on the naughty list. You don't get off the naughty list. He's getting a lump of coal, and Jim Ursay's got enough money to burn. He wants to pay out Carson Wentz, release him, fine. Uh, that's an unforgivable sin to lose to the worst team in football and not play well at the end of the year for Carson Wentz against Jacksonville. Uh, you got to think the Colts try to trade Wentz to some team like the Bucs or the Saints or the Steelers or somebody like that. Uh, and if not, they'll just release him. Next! 
Uh, speaking of conflicting reports, there was a report on Monday that Daryl Morey is looking to replace Doc Rivers with Mike D'Antoni. Uh, then shortly after, other outlets said that this report was denied instantly by team insiders. Ben, what do you think is going on here? Is this something or nothing? Oh, it is absolutely something. The Sixers just lost by a gazillion points to the Celtics. Not that that is you know, any key indicator, but it's a, it's a, it's, it is a, an indication, not a key indication, that, that not everything's right there. Doc Rivers was not Daryl Morey's choice. He inherited him. Doc was hired like a month before. Uh, he was hired by Elton Brand. So Daryl Morey, uh, Mike D'Antoni's more his jam. So I, I think there's absolutely a shot that D'Antoni coaches Harden again because he had success with Harden and Houston. Next! A picture of Andrew Whitworth's family at the Super Bowl has gone viral as one of Whitworth's uh, daughters is much more interested in her book than watching the game. Uh, ben, you've been to a lot of sporting events over the years. Have you ever gone to a game and not actually seen any of it? Yes, a spring training baseball. Rarely. Maybe I'll watch an inning or two and then just schmooze. Clipper games back in the 90s uh, when I was assigned to cover them. Some L.A. Kings games when they were terrible. How'd we do, Coop? You pass this edition. There it is. That's a winner. Put it on the board. Cha-ching. Cha-ching. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. And into the kitchen we go. It's cooking with Roberto, a man that did not go to some highfalutin culinary No way, Jose. What? No, no, no. This guy learned the old-fashioned way. He went into the kitchen with his mamu and his family, and he learned from recipes that go back hundreds of years to the old Thousands of years. Thousands of years. Boiling, roasting, smoking meat, whatever it is. Rotisserie, searing, you name it. This guy knows everything. From my family all around the world. That's right. Cooking with Roberto. Today we're going to make a meatball pasta bake. Big Ben. All right. I like it. I like pasta. I like meatballs. I'm good to go. What do we need? Put it in the oven. It's even better. Ready to go. Okay. Uh, Solid. We did two pounds of ground sirloin. So Two pounds yeah, of ground, all right, or less if you if or one pound for like three or less people. Some rigatoni or some panna pasta is good also. All right, some provolone, provolone, parmesan. Provolone. Yeah, all right. A head of a head of garlic, basil leaves, San Marzano peeled tomatoes, twenty eight ounce can, tomato paste. That's optional. Four large eggs, panko breadcrumbs. Of course, for the meatballs. Yeah, that's a you gotta, you get gotta, that you gotta have the breadcrumbs when you're making meatballs. It's just way yeah. better that way. They're better balls. They're better way. balls that way, yeah. That's right. Absolutely. Kosher salt, black pepper, black Whoa. pepper. <laughs> <laughs> Did I just say that? That's, um, a, whole, I, that's a whole different. That's, whole, that's, a, whole different, <laughs> that's a, a different recipe. I just dump it anyway. Who cares? <laughs> Oregano, onion powder, and olive oil. Wow. All right, that's funny. Is that going to be the pot? <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, so, <laughs> this is a different meatball recipe <laughs> that I remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, uh, it is, uh, it is, oh, that's great. Oh, yeah, it's definitely going to be in the podcast. Yes. Oh, my God. It, You're up for a Benny yeah, now. Blooper of the year. Yeah, Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. But the show must go on. No, no seriousness now. <laughs> All right, uh, get back to the recipe. In, it, in, a large, like in a large bowl, we'll add the ground sirloin and add the eggs, four ounces of Parmesan, 
panko, breadcrumbs, garlic, kosher salt, and black pepper. <laughs> yes, pepper. <laughs> <laughs> Mix the seasonings around with your hands until the meat is coated evenly with all the ingredients. Get your hands dirty. Get them dirty. Get right up in there. <laughs> Next, That's black pepper. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Next, we'll make finger-sized meatballs in a large fry. <laughs> in a large fry pan in a medium high heat. <laughs> we'll add the meatballs and cook them in the olive oil for about eight to ten minutes until they are browned and all around. All right, all around. Make sure they're brown. While cooking right. the meatballs, we'll also cook the pasta. Follow the directions in the pasta packaging. I always add olive oil and salt while. Boiling my pasta. I got any black pepper? No, no black pepper. All right, all right. (laughs) Once the meat bars are ready, we'll add the can of Sam Marzano tomatoes and tomato paste to the to the meatballs. All right, (laughs) all right. Add the add the oregano, onion powder, and about two more tablespoons of black pepper. This actually does sound good. I know yeah, uh, I can't stop laughing, delicious. but it's uh, it's an amazing. It's a great it dish. Really good. Yeah. Break the tomatoes up with a wooden spoon or masher. All right. Break apart the basil leaves and add them to the sauce. Mix everything around to combine evenly. Check for flavor and add more salt if needed. Once the sauce has simmered, add the pasta. Combine yeah, and coat it, the yeah. pasta evenly with the tomato sauce. Turn the heat off. All right. All right. I like it so far. Everything's so far, crazy. we're at the end here, the end part here. This Preheat oven to 380 degrees. Oh, not over. No, not over yet. Okay. Right. We're going to bake this bad boy. All right. Move the pasta bake, dish bake over to good. a baking pan. Add okay. some cooking spray to your baking pan before adding the pasta, all right? Any any black pepper. No, no black pepper. No black pepper. Enough pepper. We added all the <laughs> black pepper that we needed. Okay, uh, that's good. Next, we'll blanket the pasta with the promolone cheese first, and then the Parmesan, all right? All right, the so Parmesan. Co- yeah, the that's Parmesan. We're going to cover this Italian. blanket. Parmesan. We're going to blanket this bad boy with the cheeses, all right? Okay, cover with like fo- Cover with foil and cook for 30 minutes, all right? Okay, that's it. Just like that, you got a homemade meatball pasta dish, baby. Enjoy, ready to go. And you remember... It's black pepper. <laughs> yes, right. very important. It's black very pepper. Ingredient. All right. And uh, make sure to download the podcast. Yeah, download the hear, podcast. I hear the good version of it. It's a great moment in show history there. Boom. Tremendous, bold <laughs> statement by you. <laughs> Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific. Attention, everyone. And the password is password. You idiot. Password, the word game of the stars. Here's Ben Maller. Away we go. Password, the word game of the stars. Proving the average consumer that calls into sports talk radio has an amazing lexicon unless they don't. So let's welcome our contestants. We will not waste any time. No lollygagging. And right to the game we go. Our contestants are, let's see here, Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. We've got Shane in Des Moines. Or as Roberto says, Des Moines. What's going on, Good Shane? Good morning, guys. Top of the morning to you, Shane. And you're one of our regulars. Who would you like to partner up with, Shane, in Des Moines? I would like to win, so I'm going with Eddie Garcia. All right. That's your first mistake. Uh, let's say hello to uh, – boy, Eddie's really shook by this uh, Marcel on the podcast thing. He's a, 
It's okay, Eddie. It's all right. Just do an extra podcast. No problem. Uh, put a bunch of disclaimers on there. You're good to go. Nate, the beer guy, is going to play. Hello, Nate, the beer guy. Ben, ben, how we doing, brother? What's going on, Nate? Are you in Cincinnati, right? I think you are. Am I correct on that? Uh, no, I am in, I am from Cincinnati, but I am oh. in uh, Indianapolis. You threw me off by that because I, I know you've referenced Cincinnati before. All right, so you're in Indy. And you're you're the beer guy. And what's your beer of the day here, Nate? Uh, I am currently enjoying a Bell's Brewery uh, Mars, which is a double IPA. What? It's uh, a lot of fancy lingo. And uh, Nate, who do you like to partner up with, Nate, the beer guy? Well, I'll be honest with you, Ben. I'm a little under the weather, um, so my mind's feeling kind of hazy. So I'm going to go with the old Koopa Loop. Okay, well, Coop's got he's got his little bag over there, so if you, if you need anything, he'll hook Perfect. you up. All right, so we have a list of words, 1 to 10. And, and Shane in Des Moines, please pick a number. You are on first, Shane. Number six. All right, number six. Eddie, that is the uh, – there's a there's a number and then a word right next to it, so number six, Eddie, go ahead. Um, Start off with ten points, by the way. We go down to nine, eight, seven. Six, we throw the word out, we get All right, uh, Shane, I'm going to do the Maller Maneuver. You're familiar Good. with the Maller Maneuver? Good. Yes, sir. All right, here we go. Scented. Candle? Yeah! Yeah! Oh. The Maller Maneuver works yet again! The Maller Maneuver works yet again! Well done, Shane. All right, ten points Thank for you. you. We shift over to Nate the Beer Guy in Indy with Koopa Loop. Nate, pick a number one to ten, but not six. Well, since I'm uh, since I'm drinking a dipper, we're gonna go two. All right, number two, Koopa Loop, you're up. Number two, to, you need ten to tie here. All right, uh, I'm I'm gonna do the Maller maneuver here. Yeah, back oh. to back and belly to belly. Here we go. <laughs> here we go, Maller maneuver. Right, here we wait. go. Here let's, we go, Maller maneuver. Uh, let's go with grand slam. No, I knew, I knew that was going to be his guess. I knew it. All right, Shane. We have a big opportunity here. here One for two on the Maller Maneuver. Here so we. Coop said Grand trying to do the Maller Maneuver. My clue for you is keyboard. Uh, I would have gone different on that, but that's all right. I don't know. All right. Oh, I got it. no. Oh. I got it. Oh, all right. I mean, uh, uh, let me. I'll just. I'll give like a a, a clue anyway. Uh, uh, you know, key. Uh, uh, well, he's got it. Keys. No. Piano. Yeah. Yeah. I would have said ivories. Ivories. <laughs> Do you guys know ivories? <laughs> tickle the ivories. Yeah, tickle the ivories. That's a piano. Th- I'm a piano guy. I grew up with a piano. <laughs> I'm a piano guy. Who? I played a parlor wait, piano. Ben, I'm Billy ben, Joel. He's a pianist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. That is correct. Yeah. What is it? Eight? Was that eight points? I lost track. Uh, eight? Yes. Mark the tape. Yes, uh, that was eight. All right, back to uh, Shane in Des Moines and Eddie. Go ahead, Shane. Pick a number, not two or six. Hurry up. One. Number one. Go ahead, Eddie. Hurry number up. Number one. Oh, boy. <clears throat> Hurry up, Eddie. Uh, well, no uh, stalling. No four corners offense, please. How about uh, mortgage? Not bad. Lender? No. Oh. All right. Opportunity. Hurry up. That was a good get. Opportunity good. for Goop. Uh, that was going to be my clue. Uh, interest? Payment? No. No. Back to Eddie. 
Uh, let's go. Race? Let's go. Maller maneuver. Uh, hurry up! Hurry up! Uh, hurry up! Bank. Bank. Nah. No. It, it, the word was I've got it. out of time. Student winner. Student winner. You lost, Coop, with the beer guy. Got a murder. Got to go. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— with new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.